0: And it's everything you need to make a quality podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or visit anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back to season two of the WTF Podcast. Before I get into the interview with our guests, I would like to give a shout out to Endgame, the strategy company in Abuja, Nigeria. Endgame is an integrated strategy technology, marketing and creative agency that has been a great friend to the podcast. If you are looking for a strategy and marketing company to help you with your business, check them out at endgamehq.com. Temidayo Adebayo is the founder and managing partner of Bay Capital with experience in identifying and nurturing high impact investment opportunities in small to medium sized enterprises The Bay Foundation, arm of the business, focuses on developing and supporting the small business community with the right support to get them to break even. Temidayo, welcome to the show. So, Temidayo, um if you don't mind introducing yourself to our listeners and tell us about your background in capital management and business advisory services.
1: Thank you very much uh, Michelle for this opportunity. Um, like she mentioned my name is Timidayo Adebayo. I am privileged to be the managing partner and founder of Buy Capital and also the founder of Buy Foundation. That's the advisory arm of the capital. Uh, I started investment uh, about 15 20 years ago from lagos uh, in nigeria and uh, over the years i've worked in management consulting venture capital private equity traditional corporate banking and uh, currently uh, and uh, in both in those capacities uh, i have also served as, as an advisor to businesses uh, either through uh, the direct corporate uh, banking structure or through private investment structure so um, uh, identifying gaps in which businesses need to grow uh, areas in which they need to strengthen and uh, basically how to really, really put more with to the strength of their balance sheets. So overall, uh, we, uh, I've been, I've been in capital management and advisory services uh, for the last 15 years. And, uh, in the last, uh, three, four years, we've been trying to do something interesting, uh, uh, with, with the buyer model. Thank you.
0: So, Tell us a little bit more the buy a little bit more about the Bay model, what you're doing with the Bay Foundation, and so what is the problem that Bay Capital Management and the Bay Foundation are solving for entrepreneurs in the U.S. and in Africa?
1: Thank you for that question. Uh, what are we trying to solve? The first question I draw to most of our, to our listeners is: Look around yourself and ask you know if you're a minority or you're an African to. Ask the question where is a made in African product or where is a minority run business that is making an, a minimum 100 million in revenue? If you can answer that question, I'll be glad to learn more about the products and services that you that you have in mind but looking around across those two markets we've identified that there are very limited Numbers of businesses that we can showcase within the African continent as a blue chip made in African product that you can find anywhere around the world. And similar with the minority program, minority businesses in the US, uh, we focus primarily on product development and product services. By capital management, wants to invest, wants to support, and want to grow products that has been developed in Africa by Africans or lovers of Africa. And similar to the U.S., uh, we want to be able to build a business run by minority, uh, primarily uh, within the African Latino minority space, where we can point to 20, 30, 40, 100 years from now, similar to the McDonald's or or Walmart model.
0: And why is that important?
1: It is important to the sustainability of the African market. Uh, It is important to the development of economically deprived neighborhoods within the U.S., uh, and it is very, very important to build leaders of tomorrow uh without a pointer to who you are confidence is is deprived and when we when you can look back to things that look similar to you, confidence is built That is one of the reasons why this is very very important um and we believe. Uh, that, you know, with the growing population of the African continent, not having a product and services that is tailored or designed, developed by a continent that would outrun China in the next 10 years as the largest populous continent in the world. Follow, you know, second to uh, India. It's paramount to, you know, to, to, to be on the map where we, you know, where we are not just a number but we also have products and services, not just the raw materials that has been taken out and processed, but also we have products that we can point back to and generations from now can look back to and say, yes, those are products that were made from Africa.
0: So um, thank you for that, Temi. That gets me into my next question, which is um, what are some of the differences that you've noticed between the challenges faced by the entrepreneurs that you work with here in the US and those that you work with in Africa, and, and conversely, what are some of the um, the similarities
1: that you've noticed? Uh, to be honest, the differences are not that much. The similarities are quite very, very much.
0: So let's uh, hone access- in on those, yeah.
1: So we, 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 we talk about access to support. That is the first thing any business needs, whether you're in Africa or you're in the U.S., whether you're a minority or small business, regardless of which part of the, of, the, of, the, of the landscape you fall into, access to support. And support can be divided or defined into different categories. You know, it could be financial support, could be advisory support, could be technical support. All this all-round support is required or needed for a business to really, really get off the shell and achieve and, and be great. And many times we've seen that access to that type of support is lacking tremendously in the minority business sector in the in the US mm-hmm. and also in Africa. That support is very very expensive in those different markets, and even if you can afford those type of support, getting access to that is a challenge, and that is one of the gaps that we are hoping and we believe we are already solvent uh, with, with the Moodle.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about access in the African um, context, which is a little bit more difficult than here in the U.S. Um, okay. With the difference being, you know, there is a lot more access, but quality of that access to services in particular, business development services and advisory services. But in the continent, Um, What do you see in terms of access in that space? How much access do entrepreneurs have to the type of business advisory, business development services that they need? Because we know that access to capital is one thing, but it doesn't cover the full range of needs that a business has as it's trying to scale and grow. So talk to me a little bit more about access to the type of services that you're providing through the Bay Foundation on the continent specifically.
1: Yes, thank you very much, Michelle. So access, like you mentioned, could be access to many things. Capital is one of them, but primarily we believe that access to technical support when you are in the face when you are in the development phase of your product is critical. Access to business process uh, is critical. Access to idea idea creation uh, support is, create, is, is very very needed. Now. We know very, very well that Africans are entrepreneurial. Um, but what next? You know, we, we, we have a lot of mom and pop businesses, uh, but the real problem and the real challenge is those small advisory business supports that, that, that is what we've been deprived of. And not that we don't really, really have them, uh, is that we don't really know them. Um, you know, you, people look at the likes of PwC, KPMG, and all those multinationals, and the smaller ones, are, you know, those are the ones they see and those are the ones they know. Many of them don't have the access to the very small advisory services. And when they do, um, ironically, there is a, Type of I'll call it a you know I don't know if it's a norms or if it's a notion that the you know that small businesses are you know always believe that when they need help the help should come at a at a zero to no
0: cost that can be a problem Mm -hmm.
1: that is one of the major barriers to to advisory support in the African market is not willing. Or, you know, uh, not willing to want to pay for the services that would get their product to the next level. Uh, they, they somewhat believe that if it is, if the product, if the services is coming from a, a, a fellow African, uh, it should be for free. Uh, you know, you should know that I'm struggling, so you shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. You shouldn't be charging me for this. You know, that is a major, major barrier to support. And so
0: tell me, this might be a little unpopular. So is it is it lack is it unwillingness or is it unwillingness or inability to pay? Which is it, or is it a combination of both? It's a
1: combination of both, uh, because this guy knows your business more than an outsider. You know they are not coming in. There are a lot of them growing. Um, you know there are a lot of them building, uh, and we know very well that the service market, the service industry in developed countries is one of the booming services. Is one of the booming sectors. Of economic growth so by default if we can't build our own service industry by supporting those guys that are willing to provide those services to us due to a lack of inability to pay or unwillingness to pay now everything in in my understanding you know um, most of these businesses are not going to come in and cut you off There's a negotiating point you know many you know I've had many many service providers that are one or two man team saying, look, I provided services for a particular business for six, eight months without pay. You know, the question is, how do you want them to keep providing that sort of services? And that, majority, and that is one of the major barriers to development on the continent. We are willing to pay an out a foreigner, but not willing to pay the ones that knows our business more. And that is the drive, that is one of the major, major barrier. And which is one way that, uh, you know, which is what we put into, you know, we put that into consideration, building the buy model, uh, knowing very well that it's going to be very, very challenging, not difficult, not, not impossible uh, to, to get the small businesses to see the need to invest in their own business and most importantly, in their own people.
0: That's done. a mindset change might be required in terms of sensitization to see this investment in sort of business advisory services or business development services as one of the costs of your business. It's an investment in the growth of your business. And I think there needs to be a reconfiguring of the way in which um, entrepreneurs, particularly on the continent, view access to that type of service because as you say it can't come always come free and sometimes the quality of what comes free is not very good or it's not very targeted to you and your business that there if there is an ability to pay that there should also be the willingness to pay for good good business support services
1: very well and that it's 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 a cycle right if you support a growing accounting firm to help you look at your books, to help you look at where you can save some money within your your books, to help you clean up your books at a very little to no cost for him to run his business and services. You know, it becomes a, a solid support for your business and overall build an ecosystem of more strong, better service providers within the continent. Now, as a as a as an investor, we often hear the word lack of um, quality, lack of quality human capital. You know, the, the key thing is lack of experience equals to lack of human capital. The more of these guys that we push out the best ones would, you know, would look for somewhere, something else's to leave to survive by either going to a different country where their services will be, you know, will be paid for or start working with the multinationals and the big guys that are willing to pay. And that is where the gaps are.
0: Because the service providers are oftentimes, especially the private ones, are, are entrepreneurs too. They're running a business. Yes, And they need to be able to make revenues from their business as well. I think sometimes there's a disconnect between the type of business development services that's provided at oftentimes no cost by development agencies or NGOs that are given funds from a larger development agency to provide business development services for and to support entrepreneurs on the continent. And I don't always think sometimes some of the entrepreneurs are able to distinguish between the two. Someone who's doing this as a business, their business is to provide you with service that you need as opposed to an NGO or an organization that's been given a grant or funding to provide free or low cost access to business development services and that the quality might not be the same because if you're paying me as a service provider and I'm providing a particular service to you, I'm making sure that that's targeted to you and your business. I'm not giving you something that's cookie cutter and generalized, I'm giving something that's targeted to you and your particular needs. And I don't know that there's always an appreciation or a distinguishment between the two.
1: Yes. You're very, you know, you, you just nailed it. Uh, there's a difference between a tailored service and a, and, and a generic service. You know, a tailored service is somebody that knows you very well. It's somebody that is willing to go an extra mile to ensure that it provides, he or she provides the type of data you need to get to your business to the next level. The type of access you need, the type of regulatory structure that you don't necessarily have to pay too much for that you need. How to sit down with regulatory bodies to get approvals for your products and services. These guys could be, you know, uh, think about it as your next door neighbor. If you want something fixed and your next door neighbor is a plumber, is there's a likelihood that they will charge you less than going to the next street for somebody that doesn't know you. That is one difference. The other difference is this. One of our major challenges in Africa is the grants model. The developmental community has done so much for Africa, but has also created this mindset that support should be free. I I, I was having a conversation with one of my um, uh, pipeline companies that works with smallholder farmers. You know, when they talk to smallholder farmers, for some of the, the first thing that some of the farmers think about is if you want to support us, we shouldn't pay anything for it.
0: Unfortunately, I spent a lot of my career working and providing support to smallholder farmers. And unfortunately, this is one of the byproducts of that, that all of the services um, have to be free because they've become accustomed to those free services. But, you know, it's, it, it might be okay at some point in your business to get a grant or to get something that um, is free of cost to get you up and running. But as your business continues to scale and grow, you cannot, it's not a reasonable expectation to expect everything in your business work process to be free.
1: But well, that is also the limitation to growth in Africa. They don't want to go beyond that shell. They're not willing to do an extra work to get their business to the next level when they know that they can get If they've already gotten one grant before, they can leverage, so they are not willing to do that extra work to get their business to the next level. And that is what we're lacking. Now, we're a continent where we need more job to be created. We need more job creation. If we do not embrace our own by, you know, willingness to provide, willingness to pay at a reasonable cost. The buy model understands this very well. So we put, you know, we, we, we pour the water forward, first of all, by making you see why it is important to build your own community. If you're a business and none of your, none, you have limited ties to your community through either providing services to the next door neighbor or through some sort of, community development program, which means that, you know, you are hiring a local person within your, even if you're a three-man business, you are encouraging students within that neighborhood to come and lend that trade, or you are supporting the next door plumber to provide services to, you know, many times. So often we look elsewhere for solutions that is next to us
0: mm-hmm.
1: many times over we look at the guy with the shiny suit rather than the next door guy that we play
0: poker with. So, Timmy, I want to pivot a little bit um, to talk about African youth entrepreneurship um, because it's sort of the big thing at the moment where lots of youth are being encouraged encouraged into entrepreneurship with that sort of being the the solution to the youth bulge on the continent and we all know that entrepreneurship is difficult and it's not for everyone and that a lot of many people would just rather have a job that gives them a salary and go about their lives right Mm -hmm. because entrepreneurship is, is is not a very easy path and it requires lots of money, dedication, passion, commitment, lots of things, as you know. So I I got some feedback recently from a, um, a young African person who is contemplating entrepreneurship and he had some questions. So from an aspiring entrepreneur, he listed the following challenges and pain points, such as discouragement, lack of sufficient information on how to run a business, right? Because lots of people tell you, oh, start a business. But if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. So a lot of people are stuck in the how phase, right? And then also the fear of trying an idea or trying out new ideas, uncertainties in the market, difficulties coming up with a business model that would be successful, issues finding initial capital choosing the right team, deciding on the right market, what would be your advice to help African entrepreneurs work through some of these challenges? And we can break them down and start from the very first one, discouragement. What's your advice on dealing with that?
1: Michelle, you know, I have a, I have a mixed feeling about the old entrepreneurship drive in the African market. And that is because of one reason: Entrepreneurship is something that comes natural. You can learn it, but it's a natural thing to stay in business. The first thing is, for you to be an entrepreneur, you first have to ask yourself a question: Do I have a clear understanding what the journey of an inter- what this journey looks like? Have you ever, you know, have you ever had a job where you've been bossed or where you've bossed somebody? Have you ever been a boss to somebody? Within your own household, have you been a good follower to your father or your mother or your sister or your siblings? Within your household, have you been a great leader to your next to your next of kin or to your sister or to your father? Entrepreneurship is not just having an idea, entrepreneurship is a pivotal name for a leader. Do you have those qualities? Because when you serve somebody, you've learned the word patience. When you've lead somebody, you've learned the word patience. The word entrepreneurship is a, you know, I'll call it another name for the word leadership. A leader must be a follower and must be very, very patient. That is why I always say, the first thing is, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur. The first question I ask any youth in Africa, why? The first question is, I've been looking for, the the answers I've mostly gotten, I've been looking for a job for the last seven, eight years. I can't get a job.
0: So So entrepreneurship then becomes a default to having a salary i don't think you should be an entrepreneur just because you want to eat (laughs) so now you have to be clear on the problem that you're solving and that you're the person to solve
1: that problem So i asked them a question you know what pain point are you trying to solve and leaders are in and out to solve a particular problem so what is the pain point that you're trying to solve are you you know the first Person that buys into your product is yourself. So that means it's a challenge or a pain point that you are trying to solve. And we have a lot of them on the market, on the African market. So there's a lot of room for entrepreneurs. But the major problem when it comes to discouragement is what discourages entrepreneurs is not, you know, the what discouragement comes from can you fund your own first idea? Can you bootstrap for your own first idea?
0: But tell me how do you bootstrap when you don't have boots if you're wearing flip-flops how do you bootstrap you have no boots you have exactly.
1: no laces so the question is to the to, to these guys that are promoting entrepreneurship in africa is have you provided access to the boot to the boots or to this flip-flop that they would first have you know i ask. i, I there's, there's, there's this answer that i always give a guy that is very, that that has left college for seven years, that's still not finding a job. That is, you know, is you know, a, the society has forced he or she to go and get married. He's trying to feed his family, and you're preaching entrepreneurship to him, which you know is another cost in terms of journey and part. You know, it's so. The question is, the fun, let's go back to the fundamental work of entrepreneur. Let's look, let's pick an example from the developed countries. How they've moved and built an entrepreneurial community by creating access to small medium-sized businesses that will accommodate these young minds. <coughs> when young minds are employed, no matter how small the business is, they become the innovator. They see clearly where the directions or where the where, where some of the problems are. They identify other add-ons that would support that business. That is how entrepreneurship is built. That is the boot and the flip-flop that is needed to build a stronger entrepreneurial community. Not taking some kids to a class and teaching them business plan without a business. Telling them to create ideas without knowing how to, feed their, 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 how to feed their families. The problem with entrepreneurship in Africa is very, very simple. The challenge is, we picked an idea from a developed country, not knowing that it is not apples to apples in our own country because we have an inherent problem of supporting our own small business. When there is no job, there is no idea to be created. The few ones with the ideas that will be created will be, will be choked out because of lack of capital, lack of boots, and lack of flip-flop. No matter how great your idea could look like, for anybody to look at your idea, it has to have passed through some certain stages that literally require some sort of funding within the entrepreneurs' network. Before it gets to an outside network, and that is the journey that we need to fix. If a guy has a brilliant idea on how to develop a technology, I'm not going to look at him until I see some sort of drawing, design, pattern, structure that would attract me. Friends, fools, and what's the, fa- like the, the Family,
0: today. Family, friends, and fools
1: where is those things those are the backbone of entrepreneurs in developed countries
0: exactly because if you look at the african context there's no fff there's it, it the, the the structure for your family friends and, and and fools around doesn't isn't always there and if you have that then you're already quite privileged right so it's not for the average person so it's a it's a concept that might work in the United States. And it also depends, right? Like your background and where you're starting from. But overall, doesn't really work for some young aspiring entrepreneur somewhere out in the village or in a small town, you know, in X country in Africa. So then this gets us to the other question um, this person had, which is, how do you deal with the lack of sufficient information on how to run a business? Because telling someone that they should be an entrepreneur and they should start a business is one thing. If they don't naturally have entrepreneurial tendencies, they've never, you know, exhibited any sort of overtures to entrepreneurship before. And now they're like, okay, I've bought the idea that I should start a business, but how, how do I do it?
1: Fantastic. So I'm not gonna be part of those that discourages entrepreneurship in Africa but I'm gonna be part of those that will tell you the first thing to do as an, as an African entrepreneur is to look out. Get out of your house and do something. The first thing I'll tell them is, look, if I tell you you're gonna get the money in, in, uh, in, one, in, in two days, in three days, in four years, I'm, you know, I don't know. The first solution is get out and do something.
0: I also think, Timmy, there needs to be a level setting and a demystification Okay. of entrepreneurship, that it's a very long game. You know, so it
1: takes for you, time. Yeah. yeah. So for, uh, for our young entrepreneurs that are listening to this or prospective entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, the first thing I want to let you know is this. You can't run a business if you've never run a business. You can't know the kind of skill set you have. You might be better than Maradona. But if you cannot pick up, if you have not picked up a ball before, you wouldn't know that. Now,
0: so the advice is to just start and then seek out either mentorship or pay for advisory service. What's the advice?
1: The advice is, first of all, where and who is doing the type of entrepreneurs you know, we we have a model before in Africa, and I, that, that still works very well in some part of um, Africa, where you do an apprentice, where you go into a shop and learn a trade, where you become an apprentice for a particular master for a few years, where you understand the trade and you innovate around that trade. My answer to this my answer to this question is very very simple: get out, find where to be trained. Now, it is not going to be the traditional blue-chip class model. could be the woman selling yamachoma on the street, or the woman selling bread, or the man taking pictures in weddings. Get up and do something. Now, at first, it has to cost you something. Entrepreneurship is a cost journey that is first beared by the entrepreneur itself. The cost it has to cost you something. In an African context, might not be money because maybe you don't have a job. You've been out of college for the first 15 years. The question I ask you is this: You've been out of college for the last seven years. You've learned some things in in, in college. What have you done? If you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be innovative thinkers. What have you done within your local environment? Let me give you a very simple example of what an entrepreneur would look like. When a guy graduated from college three four five years he doesn't have a job what you know you know this is a it was actually put in a movie the guy remembered that look hey I remember that if I could pack the feces of animals I could put it together and sell it as a manure to farmers this is an entrepreneur that doesn't have a job but believe that you know I was being trained in college to be an agricultural expert there' are, the first thing is look within yourself look within the education that you the limited knowledge you currently have, what within that bucket can you create that your next door neighbor needs or require? Entrepreneurship starts from within before it goes out. The struggle, it's there. It is not a journey. You know, you know, nobody's gonna f- drop money on your pocket no, you know, you're not going to be in a class where after, you know, you've seen a lot of competitions. You do 100 people come in and, you know, they pick five ideas and they give you $15,000. You know, then after that, what happens? Because, you know, we have so many of those programs. Let's ask the pioneers of these programs and say, where are your companies that you've generated from these programs after you've done five, six years on it? Show us a company that has been survived that is in existence.
0: That's a good question, Timmy, because there are quite a few sort of ex- incubators and some accelerators that have popped up in different places on the continent. And it's quite difficult to get a sense of the success track record <laughs> of, of, a- of, of those incubators and accelerators. The, where are they now? Um, but before we get into that, how, how would you, answer what advice would you give to the fear question fear of trying an idea and uncertainties in the market
1: remember i said entrepreneurship is about leaders fear is a good thing but not doing something about the fear is another thing un you know the the unknown is always going to be there So, you know, like like my previous answer, to overcome a fear, you have to face the fear. So, that's what an entrepreneur, that is exactly the name of an entrepreneur. We face the fear in front of us.
0: Right. I I don't know that there's any successful, fearful entrepreneur. You have to be able to conquer your fears to be an entrepreneur because there, there are lots of them and they come at various stages, but you have to be able to move past them. And so that gets us to a, a critical question um, for this podcast, which is where's the funding? So his question was about issues finding initial capital. Hmm. What advice do you have for this
1: person? Finding initial capital is first of all, you know, go do something to find that capital, go do something to raise, go sell something, go do something take a pan, rock, walk around the street and eat the pan. Bah, 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 bah. I want to start a business, but i going to give me one piece. Is, do something by you going out and starting very small.
0: So are you saying that if you have to start first and you have to give you have to something to bless? You have you to have give to them th- something to want to invest in.
1: You have to give something to get something. You know, you cannot sit and said I have this beautiful idea. Um, I remember a few friends, a few cousins calling me and said, "Oh, I have this idea, brother. If you, brother, tell me that if you could send me like two hundred dollars, you know, I, you know, I, I can, you know, lend me two hundred dollars." And I said, "Well, let me first see the idea first before I give you the two hundred dollars."
0: How many of them actually sent you a blueprint of the idea? Nobody. Everybody just said, "I have an idea.
1: I have this idea. Have it's this
0: funny idea. enough to me. I was listening to an episode of this show with ex-football players i can't remember the name of it i was looking at it on youtube and one of them made a similar point um, in terms of supporting family and friends and an entrepreneur like people make a request they want you to give them money to support an idea but you say send me a business plan or you know give me a clear pitch on what you want to do, and he's like, I've yet to have anyone actually take me up <laughs> on that. They want the money, but they don't want to to do the work to put the plan together to say this is what I want to do. What they really wanted was just the money. They didn't want to do the work. <laughs> they so didn't now, want the business.
1: <laughs> so you see, the, now let, let me give another. This is a very. This is a, a model that was actually world So we had a uh, there's a, there's a business that we had that that we were advising. He we had a cousin that said, look. I remember I keep sending this guy money every month, but I have a business that I'm running That you know, just, so what he did was that instead of me giving you money, he had, he said, look, go and walk with this person. And when this person tells me you are good enough, instead of me, the money I'm giving, I used to give you every month, I'll be using it as your salary. Then when you have an idea, you have the first place to go is your own pocket. The first place an entrepreneur should go is, is her own pocket." The mother's pocket, the father's pocket, if they have it, we don't normally have that. But the first place to go, that is why I said, for you to be an entrepreneur, you have to have some sort of capital that you can self-generate without anybody, without going to anybody. And that is what would drive you to sustain that, in that business. Because when that first money comes from somebody else, you can easily pivot to another one because you hope that you get the same money from somebody else. That is why most of these ideas, most of these incubators are failing because the entrepreneurs are not directly connected or tied to that idea that they developed. When you have a pain point that you use your first end salary to build, you will do anything to make it survive because that money that went into it, that seed, that first seed is your seed. It's called skin in the game. It's your seed. There is no entrepreneurial, successful one that will not tell you that, whoo, I can rem- I remember not eating for six months. If that's the time, if that I, I could remember giving up this, 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 this. A business without that type of story never survives.
0: You might need to say that a little louder for the people in the back. So you know entrepreneurship requires sacrifice.
1: It's a it's a The question, look, not everybody is caught out. The first thing, why do you want to start a business? Do you have a product? Or do you have a... You must must have a product for you to have a business. Without the best product, you can't have a business. What is the product? Can you buy your product? It's those are the questions that African entrepreneurs and those that are putting money into the old idea of building and Africa is already entrepreneurial enough. I I know very, I know from a first hand, a brother, a very good friend that paid his own way through college by selling gala and water on the streets.
0: Do yeah. something. All right. Got that. So How about choosing the right team and deciding on the right market?
1: So when you have an idea, Michelle, some people help you build those ideas together. You you bounce those ideas off some few people. Those are your initial team. You're not going to first of all go and look for a PwC or McKenzie guy to come and join you. You're gonna bootstrap with maybe if you're married with your wife. You're gonna make your kids a guinea pig. You're gonna use your kids as samples. They're gonna be the first. Daddy that doesn't look good. You're gonna have a best friend. You're gonna have a beer pile of people that you talk and chat with. Inherently, you're gonna have some sort of third party connector. Those is how you build your initial founding team. People that help you move. You know when you, you can't. You know you cannot come in and bring in gospel you're building a culture a product is a culture and that is one of the another fail, another fail point of most entrepreneurs when they develop an idea in an incubator environment that idea is then put into process by a set of individuals that believe this is the way your idea should be pivoted. and because you know you have no skin in the game or so ever you just yeah and it goes away the first people that builds your first team is the next person next to you when that idea came into your head. That is why it must be something you originate. Now, not, giving, not, not ignoring the, uh, the, the, the entrepreneurs that knows how to acquire businesses, and that is a privileged environment. But the ones that are really, really going to be building businesses, your first teammates, your first team members is the next person next to you when that bob, when that light bulb came up that guy that you keep calling that you can't sleep or that girl or that mother or that, those are your first team. The first place that you start your work, your basement, your mother's room, your one garage, one small place, that is the people that are around you looking at what you're doing, picking interest, those are your first team. And that's the way you build a founding team for an entrepreneur, for for a venture. Then when it has gone past a certain stage, then you can start identifying, okay, now I need a, a, a developer. Because now you have a clear, you, you, could, you can see where it's going due to your founding team. Or they could see that, oh, oh, I have a guy. They will be the one connecting. So building the first founding team for an entrepreneur is organic. The products you and your environment will drive who your team would look like for the very first phase of your founding phase, of your molding phase, of your product development phase. That is inevitable. Without that, you've created, you know, there's no connection. You have to, you know, um, those are the idea creation stages. Those people that are helping you, like they are your starting funding team members. I hope that is clear enough.
0: It's clear. And that brings us to the point in the show where we say, WTF, where's the funding? We touched on finding initial capital previously. What other advice, guidance, or resources can you share with entrepreneurs here in the U.S. or in Africa about finding funding to grow and scale their businesses?
1: Very good question. So um, in the developed countries, right, and I think across many African continents now, there's a few more access to some initial emotional type of funding. And I'll define the word emotional for you in a minute. So you've gone through that stage, you've looked at your pain points, you've, you know, you've you've bootstrapped, you've used your own small money to create some sort of story and you've put it together in some sort of way that you understand very well and you can sell to somebody else. If you're past that stage, then this is for you. But if you've not passed that stage, I don't think there's a funding out there that would match what you're doing. Is a crowd you know, the first thing is a crowdfunding model where you put your, your emotions into your product. I have this idea, and you can show that crowd environment that idea. And that is what I call an emotional funding because you're not they're not necessarily funding you because um, you're going to make them a billionaire. They are funding you because of the story behind the product. And they see that they can also use that product. And that is also a very good way to test if your product is accessible to the market. And that is relatively cheap. If you have a good product, you know, the next phase is to identify how, and that's where the pain starts. Who is a marketer or a branding person that can help you brand it enough to be appealing to those type of crowd funders? not going on Google looking for free marketers that would help you do it. The willingness to want to, that's why the game, the willingness to now sit down with this guy, look, I can't afford you, but let's negotiate. I'll give you XYZ and those are your funding team members. (laughs) That could be your chief brand or marketing officer that loves the idea and is willing to do
0: it and it's it's a certain price. That is how you form a team. And And I think sometimes people forget that bartering still works sometimes. <laughs> so you do that. Yeah. And,
1: you know, crowdfunding is a very good model. Yeah. Now, we know that the no-go places are the banks for an idea. So after crowdfunding, what next? And that is where I believe the old entrepreneurial models where they give 1000 10000 should be playing at identifying people that have already gone through that stage, then helping them to get the initial capital required to now build a product around that what they've done, because eventually the money you're raising from crowdfunding is to eventually build a prototype for what you need to do. Then you put an incentive around it. So for African entrepreneurs, that is one of the easiest ways to get funding. Is through crowdfunding model there's you know many of us are on Facebook uh, many of us because you know um, the buy capital model would not literally accept you when you when we when we can't see through the idea itself
0: yeah so tell tell our audience a little bit more about the buy foundation model and I'm glad you mentioned um, crowdfunding because I'll be speaking with um, a couple of young engineers who created a crowdfunding um, platform in Ghana called Quidex um, that I'll be interviewing for the show. But tell us a little bit more about what Bayi does when it accepts people into one of its hub programs.
1: Yes. So uh, Bayi Foundation looks at businesses that have created a product and have some sort of attraction or traction, and when we bring them in, we provide them with what do we need to see to fund you? We give them, in an African market, we give them a 10 weeks program where it's relatively at no cost to them. It's a 10 week program designed by people that have invested in Africa that have failed. So why did you fail investing in Africa? This and this and this are my cause of failures. And those is how our courses, our training program is designed for the African entrepreneur for, for the African entrepreneur and small businesses to ensure that they don't do that same mistake. When you finish that program, we don't, we don't just train you, we now ensure that we send you a fellow to help you structure and design a Pro, a, a business model or a project plan to start executing. The buy foundation model is: we want to be able. The money we're giving to you, the money we want to fund you, should be enough to make you break even, where you can now start funding your growth. But and that is why we are very very selective in the businesses we work with, because at the end of the day, we are supporting you with zero to you know at at cost to us to help you build your model enough where your product can start funding its own growth. The 10 weeks program in the, in the African markets, followed with a six-month consultant that comes to work for you with two local interns from your local community that will pick interest and that will follow through on your business. And we start talking about capital deployment. We have so many solutions with our advisory team and our mentorship team to identify what type of funding you need per time, making sure that you are not diluted as the owner of the business until you really, really need an heavy injection of capital, but building an appealing product. And in the U S through the buy up program, it's a three week, three weeks long program in the same style. Where we could be that 360 degree support for you from this from, from the technical support to the business process, the product development to building a process and a team around your business, around your products that would now lead to a business where we, then we cannot take the you know the, uh, the backseat and let the model fly. So that's the buy model. And you know we just finished our first cohort in the U.S in, 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 uh, in Africa. And we're going through the uh, through, through the fellow stage now. Uh, the the application for the US program is open for small businesses within the US that wants that, that, you know that are interested in joining our program. And uh, yes, that's our model, and uh, we're excited about the journey because the goal for us is to build that hundred million dollar business.
0: So, Tamadayo, tell, tell the people or listeners where they can find out more about the Bay Foundation hub programs so that they can know and get notified when a hub program opens up again?
1: Yes, you could um, uh, go to our website at bayfoundation.org forward slash hub for the U.S. program. And a lot of, you know, the, the, the website is very detailed and uh, you can also um, follow us on Facebook, uh, bayfoundation.org. Uh, you know, it's Bay Foundation and uh, we're on YouTube as well. Uh, follow some of our YouTube uh, uh, series that we've put together. And, uh, you, you know, we're on Twitter and uh, we're on Instagram uh, where we promote most of our programs. And most importantly, um, you know, uh, just connect with us uh, through our website and just send us an email. And uh, we're very responsive. Uh, we will reply as soon as possible to let you know how uh, we could be part of your journey.
0: That's wonderful. And for our listeners, um, we hope that you take Temidayo up and apply to the Baye Foundation Hub when the US, the US Hub program is still open for applications and to check out, if you're in Africa, check out when the next one is going to be open. Temi, um, Temidaya, I would like to thank you for joining us today. And also thanks to our listeners for continuously showing up and for listening. Um, we hope that you got what you expected when you tuned into this episode. If not, let us know what you want us to cover by completing a short survey that will be in the show notes. So make sure you check out the show notes for this episode. Uh, if you would like to be a guest or sponsor an episode, um, sponsor the podcast, please contact us at wheresthefunding at gmail.com. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, stream, or download, leave a rating or review. Share your favorite episodes with family, friends, and colleagues. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Where's the Funding Podcast. And also on Facebook, you can follow the Where's the Funding Africa Edition podcast there. And you can follow your hosts, Michelle McKenzie and Lydia Nylander on LinkedIn. Temedayo, thank you. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode.
1: Thank you for the privilege, Michelle.
0: You're welcome.